Hey everyone, welcome to the Goody Reader Radio Show. My name is Michael. And this is Peter. Look and... a little bit different today, you might notice. Got my hair done. Yeah, you got a haircut. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, it's looking good. Um, ears are intact, so a successful trip. Yeah. So today on the show, we're going to focus we're gonna focus on 2024. And what is 2024? hold with e-readers and what could we expect from potential releases from Amazon, Barnes yep. & Noble, Kobo, as well as other brands like Big Me, Onyx Books, Me Book, iFly Tech, iReader, iRead, etc., etc. So let's talk about, about Barnes & Noble because they've been in the news a lot lately towards the tail end of like December. So the Nook Glowlight 4 Plus, they released midway through 2023. That's right. It's their first e-reader that had audiobook functionality. It's their largest screen. People like it a lot. It backed so much that it's completely sold out. Not just a couple of weeks, not just a couple of months, but May of 2024, which is it's six super- months away. Super sold out. I don't know what happened there, but Mike actually does. Uh, when we had a roundtable discussion uh, internally, he he brought up a good point about the string of holidays. So why don't you lay it down as to why something like this could occur to even the biggest of brands? There's a reason why a lot of e-readers come out for Mother's Day. They plan this like six to eight months in like prior it's because of, first of all, American Canadian holidays. You have to look at there's like Black Friday, which is like no one's really working. Everyone's in cell mode. Christmas, New Year's. And then for the Chinese holidays, because all of the Kindles, Kobos, Nooks, they're all assembled in China. Kobo and Barnes & Noble are made in Taiwan, and there is a string of holidays that are almost back to back. So there's Chinese New Year, and we're familiar with with New Year's like in American Canada, where it's like Mm -hmm. New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Those are basically two days. Yeah, in China, it's like almost two weeks. Yeah, that they have it off because everyone's expected that they're going home. China's a big country, so people are either taking the train. People are flying and spending more time with like their family, whereas, you know, most people are in work mode. And then right after that, it's the spring festival, which is like another week and a half, almost two weeks. Yeah. And then you put in, you, you also, you also account for weekends and then people take days off in between befores and afters. So, you know, three stat days can turn into nine very quickly back to back to back to back. Yeah, so around April is when everyone's back from work. And then that's when the e-readers actually get physically constructed. People are back at like the assembly lines at the fabs, all management's back, all the workers are back. So, you know, everyone's going to be making the e-readers in April and then shipping them out that same month towards the end of April to the people that ordered them. So that's why we have May 31st as the date that it's in stock so yeah we also have news that kobo is going to be releasing a new e-reader we don't know what model it is it's it's either going to be uh a new 
uh, Sage mm-hmm. or a new Libra. I think that that's, you know, from looking at the FCC application that was filed like October of 2023, yeah. usually when they do FCC applications, that's the last step that a company has to do in order to have, you know, regulatory approval to sell it in, in basically North America. Yep. And, you know, they, they have to get the equivalent of like other applications, like for Europe, for Japan, uh, to sell it in Australia. So there's a lot of hurdles for regulatory like approval. So I have a feeling that this e-reader from Kobo is going to come out towards around Mother's Day as well, because like, you know, you have to look at American holidays, Canadian holidays, which are basically the same thing. And then all of like the Chinese holidays back to back. So nothing's nothing's mm-hmm. really being manufactured from like January until April. That right. April is usually the date that, you know, everybody's sort of like back to work and in work mode. So there's all these overlapping holidays from North America and China sort of happening back to back to back. So that's why a lot of e-readers like don't really come out until that date. And you have to look at like, you know, the first quarter of the year, it's usually the slowest time in terms of very slow releases. Like there's really no new Kindles that come out in the first three months of the year. It's usually around summer or fall that new Kindles come out because, you know, people are on vacation. They really want to buy a new e-reader. They want to read by the beach or like on vacation and whatnot. So speaking of Kindle, what is going on? with the actual device body constructions releases of Amazon devices, because they used to pump out devices. At one point they had Oasis, Voyage, uh, Paperwhite, you know, all these competing lines side by side by side. And now they've gotten rid of the Voyage. They've effectively abandoned the Oasis and the Paperwhite hasn't moved since 2021. It's 2024 in two days. So why do you think that Amazon hasn't moved an inch when it comes to a release of an actual unit, except uh, despite the fact that up until now they 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 did one or even two gens of releases per year? Yeah, it's weird. Twenty twenty three was like the first year that Amazon never released an e reader. They're yep. pretty consistent about at least one new model a year, and I think that it's. So I have like a few thoughts yeah. like on the matter. I've written a number of sort of articles on it, but I'll, I'll give you like the TLDR, if that's the, the terminology that people use. It's sort of like a summation. So the, Amazon the lit- started selling books. Jeff yeah. Bezos started the company. He loves books. He's the one that basically like pushed everyone to release a Kindle e-reader. And he surrounded himself with like executives that had been with him for like the last 20 years, pretty well, you know, um, in charge of hardware, in charge of the Kindle, in charge of devices, in charging, in charge of ebooks, you know, um, and audiobooks, like team working, ex- you know, hand in hand with like Kindle. And, you know, when Jeff Bezos left, within like a, a six months of after him leaving, most of the longer term executives in charge of hardware, in charge of the Kindle, 
they all announced either they were leaving immediately or announced that they're retiring and have basically all left the company in 2023 and 2022 and and so on. Plus, you have to think about Amazon laid off. Uh, I think it was like 35% or 40% of the entire hardware team. So the people working on Alexa, the Kindle, the Fire tablets, so on and so forth. You know, the entire teams are gutted. So morale is tremendously down. And then you think about all the long-term executives that were champions of the Kindle. They're no longer there with the company anymore. So there's really nobody at Amazon that is really bullish about the Kindle that's still working there now. And that, that was, I think, why they didn't release anything in 2023, because like there was this big ex- executive exodus. There was this big firing thing of like all the teams. So basically we what we saw is more Alexa this, a more Alexa that, yeah. and, you, and fire remember tablets. That Kindle, that Kindle show you covered, you had your guys go over there and they were like nothing but doorbell cameras and echo dots and lifestyle goods. And like yeah. no Kindle or Routers. even a Fire tablet. No, there was. I think there was a there was a Fire tablet like Kids or something that came out right during yeah. that. During so that show. in 2023, it's like you know the the Fire Max 11, which is sort of like yeah. their 11 inch, the biggest like thing that they released, as well as the keyboard and like the stylus for it. So yeah. Amazon is is very bullish on the tablet space, yeah. and obviously it's because of all of like the the money that they're putting into Amazon Music, Prime Video, like showing NFL games on Prime yeah. Video. They yeah. pump, well, how much, hundreds of millions of dollars did they pump into like the Lord of the Rings show, the Ring of yeah. Power. And um, you can't consume that on a Kindle, but you can that's on right. a Fire tablet. That's And that's why every year they almost like refresh their entire Constantly. Fire tablet like line. And they don't do that with the Kindle because the Kindle has a singular purpose. It's reading books and to a lesser extent, audio books. But Amazon makes the real money through Prime Video showing advertisements on um, their Freevis or Freeverse. Yeah. They have like a, a free sort of app with where you can watch like television. But with like Prime, you can also add like channel packs to subscribe to like AMC or Stars or like Hollywood Suites, HBO. It's like, you know, all these like add-on services that you could add to your Fire TV if you have a Fire TV or your Fire tablet. So Amazon is like big into Fire TVs, uh, like, you know, either the USB ones, the Fire Cube, refreshing that every year, refreshing their tablets every year because they make more revenue selling channels and showing prime video and you know that's where amazon makes the real money right now yeah. and you can't do that like with the kindle e-reader and you have to look at the money that amazon's actually making selling books they sell way more books than they do ebooks they never really see like um they never really kind of disclose how much money that they make uh selling books but uh i believe yeah. that it's like the print. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm actually trying to find them. Uh, yeah, so I have September's figures, which is the latest that came out in December. So usually it's like staggered like that. So um, in September, 
physical paper, hard book revenues uh, made. Okay, so year to date, so for from January 1st to September of 2023, uh, trade revenues were about 6.4 billion. So that includes hardback, paperbacks, mass market, special bindings. And then if you look at uh, ebook revenues, which include Amazon reporting to this, ebooks only made $749 billion, uh, million. And, so that's uh, like, audio... a, it's not even like yeah. eight to, it's eight to one. Yeah. So for yeah. every eight, eight books, hard, you know, eight, like physical books that Amazon sells, one ebook's being sold. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't include like, um, like subscription services in yeah, those yeah. figures. Yeah. So like Amazon, uh, Kindle Unlimited, Scribd, you know, everybody has like their own unlimited programs now and all third parties basically, you know, have made business models like around that. So yeah. what I think happened covering Amazon is that in 2023, they focused on software they as did. opposed to new Kindle releases. Like yeah. they basically, there was a time where this, the scribe had its own software and Kindles had their own software. Yeah. And then when when Amazon basically revised their home screen experience, which was like they changed, like, you know, they got rid of my library as being the default. They made like a new home screen. A lot of people kind of got mad because they had liked what they were been using for like the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah, but Amazon changed the, Amazon basically changed the programming languages. I think it was from Java to like node.js and, uh, don't quote me on that, but I know that they changed the programming language and they basically made the scribe and paperwhite uh, like firmware updates when they release updates, they can now do it on all devices. Mm -hmm. So when they release an update for like the scribe and at the same time they'll do the Kindle, they'll actually hide the scribe features on the Kindle, but they're still there. They're just like hidden. Yeah, so, we've seen a couple instances of our of our guys discovering things that should and shouldn't be there. And then we were like, wait, 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 why are there hidden features that, you know, like the the whole thing that started with that is that the whole note synchronization, how if you draw a note on a scribe page, you can only view it on your phone Kindle app, not your e-reader or another scribe and then we saw certain things pop up in certain places that shouldn't be there and we were like okay well there's something going on that they're hiding things so that the user doesn't have access to them yeah so the reason why they're doing that is so it's easier to push out updates across you know the entire 11th generation line of kindle basic paperwhite signature edition oasis 3 and the scribe all at the same time, which makes it easier for the engineers to do. All they yeah. do is like push live, like certain scribe enhancements and then push those same scribe features to the other, other Kindles, but they hide them and, but they could unlock specific features at specific dates, like yeah. being able to view your scribe notes on your paperwhite. I know that you can do that with certain apps now. Like you can actually see some of your notes like on, yeah, I think it can. was like either for Kindle for Android or for iOS. One of them is that you can have some light functionality of Scribe on the Kindle app. And so that's what they can do there. And going back to the, like the, the fire things for, for just like one more 
time. I don't want to keep going to that well, but yeah, you could buy content from Amazon on their e-readers and their tablets, but you can no longer buy like eBooks or audiobooks or anything on the Android apps. So they removed that functionality in 2023. So if you downloaded like the Kindle app from Google Play, you could actually in the past buy eBooks, buy audiobooks, etc. And then Amazon removed that functionality because Google Play themselves removed the functionality. So mm. of um, you know, because they up they basically said that they had a loyalty system, but a lot of companies just didn't pay Google anything for it. But then there was a time where Google mandated that everyone pay, you know, the, the same equivalent of the Apple tax. So for everything, any virtual item sold, for any tangible item being sold, not only is Google taking 30% now, but Apple's been doing that all its time. So whether you're using the Kindle app for iOS or Android now, you can actually buy content in those apps. So it's pushing more people to buy a Fire tablet because you're buying it through Amazon themselves because it's an Amazon yeah. branded device. And they're not going through like a third party like merchant to facilitate payments or anything. And it's the same thing with owning a Kindle is that you could buy ebooks and audiobooks on supported devices in supported countries and not include, and that doesn't include Canada, unfortunately. Right. So that's that's one of the things about Amazon's pivot towards like Amazon branded, branded hardware is basically the only thing that you can buy now in order to buy comics and manga and books and, you know, magazines and newspapers and stuff like that. That's the only game in town now, unless there's other workarounds. Like if you download Kindle from the Samsung Galaxy app store. So if you have, you'd sideload the uh, Samsung Galaxy yeah. app store, like right. on, on, a generic tablet or on an e-note that's running Android or something like that. There's bypasses, but who's going to really do that? It's the same thing about like, who's, you know, if you have an Android device, like an Android phone, are you going to keep on going to like the amazon.com website, browsing for a book, log in, yeah, find yeah, a book yeah, that yeah. you want to buy, sync it to like your, your app. It's just like, it's just better to like go with someone else that actually can do payments like directly through the app. So yeah. I know a lot more people on iPhone that are using iBooks now instead of Kindle because you can actually buy books and audiobooks like right through the Apple device. I know a lot of people on the flip side using um, uh, Google Playbooks and yes. they have a ton of cool features too. Like you can double tap manga and graphic novel text bubbles and they blow up and they're not poorly done it's perfectly keyed out and it and it produces not e not only a zoomed in image of the text but a a differently rendered one so it's not just you're expanding poorly pixelated text bubbles it's like it overlays a bigger one for you and then retracts it when you double tap out little things like that and it's so accessible much like you said with the apple books so um, there, yeah, there, there's definitely different avenues more so than we ever uh, have seen. Yeah, so I mean, there's alternatives to, the, to these ecosystems on various platforms. You know, I don't know if Google will ever shut down Playbooks and wouldn't. You know, they shut know. down almost everything that they launched. So pretty prominently placed on the main screen, and uh, uh, they got a lot of stuff on there. In fact, uh, when we yeah. do our reviews here at the studio, our guys are usually like. You know, let's use playbooks. So a lot of our recent things that we've been doing have featured playbooks 
uh, content versus anything else because it's just so much more robust and and accessible and and we don't have to sideload anything and you know spend hours in prep. No, yeah, exactly. Everything's just so high quality than putting some jank public domain uh, a Christmas Carol on our stuff that just never works. It's um, yeah, playbooks is uh is proving proving quite uh quite beneficial. You know when Google implemented the 30% like revenue thing and Audible and Barnes and Noble and Kindle removed all like the purchasing functionality. Yeah. I have to wonder if there was like an influx of playbook users, like people that are now going to gravitate towards playbooks Maybe. because, you know, sometimes people are loyal to specific ecosystems, but at the same time, you know, you go with what's easy. You, oh, you go for like a say, frictionless yeah. experience. Yeah. You know, you want to, you yeah. want something that you can just, I see a book, I want to click on, I want to buy it. I want to read it. it. That's I it. don't want to like visit the website and stink and wait for that stinking process to like deliver. It's like, yeah. I just want to look for a book, whether it is manga or magazine or whatever. I just want to find something and just read it as soon as I buy it. I don't want to do nothing else. That's probably why that even like in our small circles, we've we've heard the words playbooks being more prominently even muttered than ever before. So, yeah, you know, people go with um the yeah, the ease of use. And um, it's a it's a it is, like you said, a frictionless experience. And it's on everyone's Android phone because you can't avoid Google Play on an Android phone. And it's one of the four things at the bottom is books. So that basically yeah. talks about the big three, which is Barnes and Noble, Amazon and Kobo. And they're referred to as a big three because they're the most prominent. They're the most synonymous with the e-reader industry. And overall, volume wise, they have the largest reach, the most countries, the most sales, because you can find Kindles in India and, and Papua New Guinea and and Portugal and and Gibraltar. But what is a very interesting gravitation we saw is that ebook readers are no longer the prime focus of the e-reader industry, the e-paper industry. In fact, tablets and alternative devices like phones and smaller palm devices have out and monitors and monitors. Oh man, uh, have out have out quantity quantified are selling more and faster and with more manufacturers and competition than e-readers e-readers started it and now tablets outnumber them four to one at least what do you mean by tablets so, like ipads yeah no uh, uh ebook e tablets so e-paper tablets like huawei and lenovo and big me and onyx and high read and mebook and 35 other manufacturers just of note there's hundreds across countless com uh countries Polino, like, uh, iran Iran has their own tablet e-note. South Korea has their own tablet e-note. Uh, South Africa has their own tablet e-note. You know, everyone's got e basically e-notes now and tablets like the Dasung Not e-reader and these big mega slabs of e-paper devices, Quadernos and Remarkables, have outsold and outclassed traditional ebook readers four times over so gravitating away from the big three for the conversation of 2024 what else can these manufacturers do because for example you we have never seen a device as loaded as the ink note color by big me color plus 
not the one we made with them the one the 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 successor to that it has every spec imaginable to the point where it has a laser pointer fingerprint sensor four mics there's nothing it doesn't have and then just, for two OCR, cameras styluses uh, to draw yep. in color and and you four know, color notes. versions as well yeah. as 300 ppi black and white and 150 ppi colors not only that stereo speakers all day long companies like hanvon have introduced 6,000, if not 8,000 milliamp batteries, high sense devices, the phones basically, eight gigs of RAM, 256 onboard storage, upwards of some devices being expandable by a terabyte of storage. So, what I'm saying is, how much further can e paper go? And what are we to expect for 2024? I'll let you go in a second. My thoughts, my thinking is 2024, we're going to see this massive emergence of hyper refresh. Onyx and Hisense and iReader have also, I've already introduced these super refresh technologies that almost make it seamlessly run at almost like a 22 to 25 frames a second, like flawless video playback. And the specs are just going to get higher and higher and higher. We're going to see 12 gigs of RAM. Uh, companies are continuously doubling their RAM. We're going to see terabytes of storage. What do you think 2024 holds for the non-Big 3 members? So, you know, Onyx and HiRead and MeBook and everybody. Who, who, What are they going to do, the tablet technology companies? Well, they're limited, number one, by just e-ink, who's the yeah. number one supplier of e-paper panels found on... All of the devices that you mentioned, Everybody. including the big three. E-Ink's the only game in town. Plastic yep. Logic never really made like a serious attempt to like enter that space because nobody who was really dealing with E-Ink wanted to switch to an alternative platform. Yeah. And you know, Clear Ink is the same thing. No one really wanted everybody's already dealing with one company, and there wasn't a compelling enough reason to switch to uh, another one. So for better or for worse, we're all stuck with E-Ink and we're all stuck with what type of innovations that they're doing. So one unannounced thing that they have done is E-Encarta 1300. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny that iReader did 1300? And I think both of us went to trade shows. I went to two trade shows in, in um, Tokyo and, and met with E-Ink. And I asked them personally about E-Ink 1300 and they had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, same here. All my contacts yeah. were like, almost like just under the CEO, like under like the executive chairman, Johnson Lee. I've talked to my normal contacts yeah. that I've been talking <laughs> to for two decades now. They don't even know about Ian Carter 1300. And iReader is like a Chinese company that is primarily sold like in China, but we sell it through all of our network of stores. Yeah. And it was the first digital paper like, you know, when we yeah. mentioned like e-notes or e-notebooks, they're dedicated, they're large screen ebook readers, but they have like Wacom integration where you, they usually come with like, you know, Wacom pens where you can draw on the screen. So yeah. you can sign your signature on like a, uh, like a PDF document actually with a flourish. And, you know, it's way better than using cop, you know, of drawing it with your mouse, like on Adobe Acrobat on your yeah. Mac or PC or something like that. But you can usually draw in color if it's a color device. So you have like either 16 or 24 different colors that you can draw. So uh, creatives can really flex their muscles. 
a lot of businesses invest in these technologies as an alternative to like real paper because they have apps that they could run. So if I'm a company that has my own, my own proprietary apps, I could just buy like an Android 12 Note and like yeah. launch my proprietary apps on there. So cloud, my, the cloud integration where everyone updates docs or, you know, uh, coding and stuff like that. So there's a lot of good reasons to sort of buy these e-notes where a lot of companies are investing heavily in e-notes probably because you can use them as dedicated book readers if you want, or you can use them as productivity devices if you want. So yeah. it's like a split feature. Like I know a lot of people who bought the Kindle Scribe who never use the pen. They just love a large screen Big, e-book yeah. reader with 300 PPI. Right. And it's the same thing with the, all these color e-readers or these large screen black and white e-readers, they're designed to be in effect digital paper, but that's not all, you know, you can just use them to read manga in full color, uh, magazines in full color, newspapers, like, you know, they can run Android apps. So you can run Android apps and have content displayed in full color, which is like very compelling when it comes to comic books and things like that. They're designed as a full color experience. So, I have a feeling that Ink is not going to release anything really new other than just Carta 1300. And the only thing that Carta 1300 really does then Carta 1200, which is in the vast majority of devices, Kindle Paperwhites, most of like the, the Kobo e-readers that are out there, most of the e-notes and e-readers that are around the world, most are using that now. And all it does is offer like basically a 30% increase in like performance across the board. So That's pretty good though. Things are snappier yeah. and, and so on. But like you kind of said about specs. They're high now. All, man. all, all of big. these e-notes that you mentioned are all running Android. And the oh, higher yeah. versions of Android that you use, the more that everything is just demanded for in, ter- right. in terms of specs. So there's a reason why flagship smartphones have 24 gigs of RAM, 32 yeah. gigs of RAM, you know, because if you're going to be running high performance apps, if you're going to be gaming, if you're going to be doing all this stuff, like you're going to need a large battery and you're going to need a large processor and lots of RAM in order to really get the most of Android because Android is all about open and background processes. If yep. you have like 30 things open, those things are constantly running and they're going to be draining your battery. You yep. need all the stuff to do that. Not everyone's going to be flipping up to like closed stuff, you know? So there's, you know, there's a reason why flagship smartphones and stuff do that. And to a lesser extent, the e-notes industry and e-reader industry are basically in a spec bump war, more storage, faster processor, more RAM across the board. So for 2024, there's going to be no new color Ian coming out. There's Kaleido 4 is not going to come out in 2024. Mm. I have a feeling that maybe something new will come out in 2025 because usually Kaleido is usually like on about a two-year cycle. Um, yeah. Every They release it and then they kind of like convince everyone to adopt it. And so between Kaleido Plus and Kaleido 3, it was like basically less than two years that yeah that that stuff came out yeah and you know what that's right now that you mention it there were a couple straggler manufacturers uh like big me and pocketbook that both released a very late kaleido 2 this year 
in May and June, they both came to the races with a Kaleido 2 screen and re-inkstone. So there were multiple manufacturers that did not even have a Kaleido 3 option, whereas other devices have been doing it. So yeah, you're right. It could be it could be that uh, Kaleido 4 is not seen as unnecessary, but it just might be too soon seeing that manufacturers have just started getting Kaleido 3 integrated into their systems and working properly. Yeah, so I don't see Kaleido 4 until 2025. Okay, but how um, about this? Do you feel that there will be a Carta 1300 with a color array filter, aka a Carta 1300 color? Do you think that is something that could happen? What do you mean? So right now, no one has a uh, well, do you so no one's using Carta 1300. So I guess the first question is one company pro- is iReader. Well, yeah, iReader. Yeah. So I even it's funny on the second trade show, I brought the X3 to Tokyo and showed a bunch of the the E-Ink guys and they came and crowded around. They're like, what is this? I'm like, is this iReader? They're like one of the three biggest manufacturers and they got like they got towers in China, these guys. And they're like, oh, yeah, iReader. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, and they're like, well, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. And I'm like, all right. So, um, so my question to you is, do you feel Carta 1300 will be adopted by the likes of High Read, the likes of MeBook and Onyx and Big Me? Well, Onyx needs to promote it first. They need to issue a press release at the very least, which should they have done uh, in past iterations of Carta. They did it for Carta 1200 and then Carta 1250, which was designed yeah. for eNotes, which... Yeah basically just reduce latency with like stylus to screen and drawing around. And that, that was basically the extent of like the 50 series. So we'll see 1300 in e-readers and e-notes and then probably 1350 for e-notes, like maybe early 2025. I've, that's generally like when they sort of do the 50 series is about a year after they'll do it. So they need to promote it. And they need white papers. Like they need to be able to show something yeah. to companies. Like you want to adopt this because they don't. I mean, nobody at Ink even knows this exists. Right? Now. That's the weirdest so thing. On it's I've like, never come across that in ten years. Yeah. So years. it's like they need to first issue a press release. And at the same time, they need to trade. Like they need to train the trade show people, and they need yeah. to like brief internally on what this is because right now. There's a product out with the 1300. The people, at, the only information that we got, like, was like all this like stuff that we can't talk about that we got from iReader yeah. that talked about the benefits of like 1300. And it, you know, that's where we got the 30% increase because that was actually on like the the, the stuff that iReader had sent us that yeah. sent us that E-Ink had sent iReader. So there are people at E-Ink that know this exists, but the vast majority of people that should know this exists doesn't know. So they're going to have to spend, like, I mean, with, like, Chinese New Year and a spring festival. I mean, when are they ever going to even train people? Like, you know, starting April, May, perhaps. And then, you know, we might see hard to 1300 fall of 2024 yeah it could be a fall release yeah yeah Um, because it's like they need to train the staff and then they need to actually like have nectronics uh who does barnes and noble and kobo they need to be able to uh 
get uh, the component manufacturers, like who's going to be manufacturing the Carta 1300 screens? Is it going to be, or like the, you know, like the film that they the, use yeah. for that? Is, right. is it the same people that are doing Carta 1200? If so, how different is it? Are they yeah. going to be able to, uh, the existing factory line that does Carta 1200 screens, will they be able to easily adopt 1300? Where are they going to get like the, the guidelines for actually physical construction? Like, at what time? After the press release? After Ink is briefed on it? After the white papers are published? It's like, you know what I mean? So it's There's like, I, for all those reasons, I probably don't think that we'll see, we'll see more devices with 1300, but we won't actually like hear about it in official capacity until summer. Like maybe, probably at the, at the earliest, but okay. given that iReaders adopted it, we'll probably see more Chinese companies adopt it because for whatever reason it's like you know they seem to be first to the market with new and innovative tech and yeah you know onyx books is a chinese company bigme is a chinese company yeah. um you know i i fly tech it's just like you know i read you know but i, I kind of you know some of them are based in taiwan based some of them are based yeah. in like mainland china but i just right. equate as like you know um so yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk about what High Read's doing. I mean, nobody really cares. Like, High you know, Reed, yeah, I can attest to that right now. High Read has just kind of situated itself as if you got a couple bucks in your wallet and you happen to see a High Read ad pop up on your phone, maybe buy one. They're not bad, but they just don't do anything to go. Oh, High Read! Oh, I gotta have it. Like hand vons are very thin, razor thin. High sense devices are crazy fast i readers using the latest tech um you know onyx is just it's the like the pinnacle atop of the clock when it comes to uh e-ink e tablets what does high read do it's like i got a little bit of everything but not they're a lot like, of you something. know they're not popular outside taiwan it's mm -mm. like they're like a local you company know, exactly if you yeah. live in taiwan which is like a you know it does have a bigger population there than i think most of canada does i believe um, so yeah you know when japan it's, it's like i think tokyo has more people living in it than all of canada does they combined. do yeah they do that's pretty so you know regional powers for specific markets yeah. like actually do good like prime example the sony bookstore used to be like one of the most popular bookstores sony killed it all over the world but it's still going strong in japan because they got yeah 120 million people here so they can they can um they can have these in-house products like if it wasn't for us collaborating with fujitsu to bring their quaderno to the the masses it would be a Japanese only product. There's no reason for them to go outside, but you know, we work with them for years now since 2019. So, you know, a lot of back end stuff, uh, internal discussions and whatnot, but yeah, that's just to um, attest to that point that if you're a local company, you don't really need to expand unless that's your, your goal. But uh, Mr. Mike, I have all the answers. I have a question for you and it's something that has been on everybody's mind and I'm not no. putting you on the spot. Let's talk about it. Seriously, 13.3 inch color. We've seen it at countless trade shows. I've had it in my hands. Uh, uh, Linfany's building it. Fujitsu wanted to do it. IEOE, some weird uh, solutions company wanted to do it. We went to the trade show. We filmed it. They shut us down. They said they stood right in front. And they're like, no, 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 you can't film it. I'm like, 
well, we're here filming and you're at a live trade show. And they're like, yeah. And I said, and it's right here on the table. And they're like, no, no, no filming, no talking, no pictures, no nothing. And they had like this crazy culture around it to be like, don't look at it. Don't touch it. 13.3 inch color exists and has for years. Why isn't it out yet? And I don't have the answer too. I just want to talk to you about it. Costs. Yeah. You know, um, color devices cost at least $200 plus yeah, more expensive more. than black and white devices. If you look at the air like three and the air three C yeah, they're, they're a hundred dollars difference just on like, that's a, right. yeah, that's right. And that's Onyx. Uh, big me is the same thing. Sometimes like the dollar figure is more pronounced, but it's at least a hundred dollars more expensive yeah. for the color versus the black and white for the same hardware. Like, you know, like, a lot of the times for uh, Onyx does for black and white, like the um, Onyx spoke uh, Note Air 3 yeah. and a Note Air 3C, exact same specs, one's color, one's black and white. For instance, the black and white version is actually a bit heavier for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but you know, and then it's like, it's a hundred dollar difference, but other companies, they charge a little bit more, you know, for the color version. So 13.3s as they stand, uh general the, price the tab about, x is like nine hundred dollars for the tab x yeah and then the <laughs> fujitsu a4 is uh, like it's around seven and then the big yeah. me x6 is like seven seven ninety nine yeah okay yeah i'm starting to see so, it. <laughs> yeah so you you look at seven okay let's yeah. look, look at you know seven eight nine ninety nine you know for yeah. 13.3s that you can buy that are somewhat like yeah. new and they still function good like Fujitsu A4, um, the Tab Onyx X. book Tab X, yeah. and the Big Me X6. X6. Yeah, they they range from seven ninety nine to like nine ninety nine. Yeah, and then add at least a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars. Now mm. you're paying thousand dollars plus yeah. for a Kaleido three digital note taking device. So yeah. Fujitsu seems to be the company that will you know you buy something and you can actually get it for like say a cloud three for like 7.99 which is like pretty good everyone else will charge more generally over the a thousand dollar mark and there's very few devices made with e-technology that are over the thousand dollars mark it's it's monitors e-ink yeah. monitors are probably monitors. the only thing that you could spend that will do it past that mark and usually 25 inches either flat screen or curves which is like what Big Me is doing and uh, Onyx is doing. Um, and Dasung. So, yes. So Dasung and Big Me. And Big Me is actually coming to the monitor space for the first time. Dasung has yeah. been in the monitor space for years, but everybody just in a monitor space, they tend to crowdfund for some reason. I guess it's I think like... It's just they don't know if people are going to buy it and they're too scared to make a production run of 300 units and stack their warehouses with mil a million dollars worth of stuff that they're like can we sell it whereas if you crowdfund even the big boys like you said every dasung is massive and they crowdfund when it when it comes to when it comes to monitors. They crowdfund everything yeah big me doesn't crowdfund ever but they did to monitors you know what i mean so it's like it might be that just the unit skew is so high it's uh they so did high. i think they did indiegogo didn't they do it for the galley 
Uh, yeah, but that was mostly for our collaboration between us. We kind of went that way because, again, you know, a new technology that's never been out before, right? Much like their two-in-one PC. How are people right. going to take to a two-in-one e-ink PC, right? So I guess, yeah, even I, I guess we're guilty of that, too, when we collab. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of companies that come to the races with something super new, DES technology, no one knew how that would take off, and it was an absolute flop. Uh, they all crowdfund. You know, you could say the same about Gallery 3. Yeah, Gallery 3. Our, um, Big Me released one product with Gallery 3, and they were the only company to release something with Gallery 3. And at first, it sucked. Like, it yeah. was only, like... Six months afterward, did it become usable through like 12, 14 firmware updates? That was like, a lot released, of updates. They, were, they released updates like weekly, you know, yeah. to try to make it usable. I think it's in a good position now, mm-hmm. but it took almost a year a for it to like time. become be really good. Um, there's a reason, I think, why the Pocketbook Viva never came out. And who knows if it ever will. Because it's it's new tech and it really has to be optimized at a software level because just out of the box, it's based on advanced color ink paper. So refresh speed is a huge problem because yeah. if you when, when advanced color ink paper first came out, we went you went to like Japan. You were in Japan at the time and you went all the way from where you were to like three hour drive to Tokyo to this yeah. one store that had advanced color e-paper yeah. in its window. They had a so, uh, it, it was just this department store that not even advertised about what the e-paper was. And you told me you're like, yo, there's a there's a panel. I'm like there's a panel in the middle of the biggest city in the world. You're like, go to it, find the panel. And it was literally just this, this panel that was up like this on a metal brace. And it said, you know, welcome to, I'm just going to say a coach, you know, welcome to coach, buy some bags. But that, advertised panel was acep advanced color e-paper and, and it was the, the crap first one that had ever been used yeah. like by like a company so ever. it's like that's what you know we, we filmed videos on it we wrote about yeah. it like on the website so yeah. uh i've read, read i mean written about advanced color e-paper for a long time um benefits i mean uh like what 40, 50,000 colors. They look Whereas, too like, good. Collider, the, ga- the galley looks the collider, so good. That's right. So Gallery 3, which is based on advanced color e-paper, could display 50,000 colors, whereas Collider 3 can only display 4,000 colors. Not even close. 4,100 colors yeah. to be generous. But I mean, yeah. everybody's using Collider 3 because the tech has been around in one form or another for like the last six years long plus so there's a lot of documentation there is like a lot of like you know people who have made color devices from collider one to collider three they know that very little has to be changed on the software side to do that because collider three is basically just like a thin film that's put on top of like the card screen. So it's the same thing as like a frontlet display. Yeah. When frontlet displays on e-readers first came out, they were basically along the sides of the bezel that projected light across the screen. So top down, side to side, 
And what they actually what they actually figured out to do was to turn the frontlet display into a gel layer yeah. on the on the screen. So basically, advanced. Uh, so for Kaleido across all generations to the frontlet display to the digitizing layer, they're just basically thin films that are put on top of like the e-reader. So very easy to make, very economical. So that's why like a lot of Kaleido 3 devices don't really cost a whole lot more than the black and white devices. They charge, you know, like 50 or $100 like more because it does, co- those costs do add up if you're making a thousand of them and paying extra easy. for every, you know, every film layer that you're going to be, be putting on because you got to source it you got to assemble it. It's time. It's money, right? Um, yeah. Whereas Gallery Three, it's made completely with different screen technology. It's not so, Kaleido. It's not Pearl. It's not Carta. It's not anything. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's so it's it's its own screen technology. So you know, for all like the the e reader manufacturers that do the Carta screens, which is like the actual physical e paper screen, and then do all like the layers of film. Across the e-reader industry, it's pretty easy to be able to do this. Every every manufacturer in the e-reader industry actually has experience with this. With Gallery 3, like, it's whoever Big Me contracted out to actually do the physical construction, they're the only people that actually have ever done it. Yeah. Uh, to, to have brought it to market. And it, I can't really think that Gallery 3 was that expensive. But it, it on its own, if they didn't collab with us, we we talked a lot, and this isn't confidential information. If they didn't collab with us to combine our forces to subsidize the cost, it would have been quite a bit more, which is why the Viva is more money. But it it, it a stand, yeah, it, it all comes back to just no one else is doing it. So you look at why tablets are so cheap. You can get tablets as low as $19 on Wish. You just can't do that with e-paper because, you know, it's it's a niche market. Even further than that, yeah, gallery. And not only that, once you have the gallery, like Michael said, it's not ready to go. It took months of rounds of internal discussions between us and, and Big Me to get it tweaked and be like, okay, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. The refresh isn't capable of keeping up, but we have Google play on this thing. What do we do? Right. So it, it was a, it was a massive challenge, um, which I, I assume, which is why pocketbook hasn't yet released the Viva, even though we had our hands on it, they sent it to us. It was a Viva body, had its own serial number, had its own model number, but um, I imagine they're suffering the same issues. Yeah, it's just, it's in-house technical expertise yeah. and limited amount of documentation from E-Ink themselves. Yeah. So it's it's those challenges, you know what I mean? So E-Ink still makes the most money from the e-reader industry. So, yeah. you know, I, I pay attention to their financials and, you know, they want to, you know, I would probably say price tags are the second biggest revenue thing. So they, they made... Like a big contract that I think it was with Walmart uh, in the oh, states. Yeah. You know, if if you yeah. live in a lot of people uh, don't know the, those are e-paper. Yeah, so it's yeah. like across Europe primarily, but um, all over Asia, from China to Taiwan to Japan to the Philippines. You know, the the Pan Pacific Rim, and then North to a limited extent North America. But walk to a store and e-paper. Price tags are the most popular thing right now. 
you'll see something you like this. Yeah, this isn't it, but it looks like this. If you see something below your CVS pharmacy, your Walmart, your Fred Meyer, and you ever see like a thick panel that almost looks like a calculator, that is e-paper. And the beauty of it is they, they can just walk by with these panels and go up and down the aisle and go beep, 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 and just update everything instantly. And they last like, I think they last over 12 months. They just they they just live because e-paper does not consume battery if it's not changing state. So if it's stuck in this state and you never update the price, it never uses battery. That this this could very well be dead. I don't know. It'll always look like that. So yeah. yeah. Uh, so e they have they have panels. spectra that are color versions. So yeah. you might see color price tags with like three different colors, like uh, black, red, green. It's sort yeah. of like the RGB -color. colors. Yeah, yeah, but they have like actual like dedicated like stuff for inside freezers. So yeah. for eating panels that could like you know do like either under very cold circumstances or very hot circumstances. So you know price tags they they either be black and white or a series of colors, which is like why you see a lot of companies employ that. And I think that that's going to you know for, in, in terms of just eating themselves, they're very bullish about sort of this technology. And that's why um, they're the biggest company involved in this space is called SCS Imagitag. And they were independent and then Inc. actually like gave them a few hundred million dollars US to like Only? help subsidize their business. And Inc. is like actually on their board of directors right now, charting the future of this company. So they're basically the number one you know supplier, vendor, installer of these price tags that E-Ink is now sort of in bed with them. So there's less of a, a distinction between them and, and, and E-Ink at this point. But that's like sort of these price tags are going to slowly become, I think, bigger in the future, in the next couple of years, yeah. bigger than the e-reader industry. Because if you look at 2023, more e-notes and e-readers came out in 2023 yeah. than any other year and yeah. i said the same thing in 2022 and 2021 it's, always it's true, just though. like more devices more devices are coming out and more regional players are releasing more so prime example we there was when mirror cell technology came out there was very few companies that had done it Kyobo is a South Korean bookstore chain, and they were the first ones to release an e-reader using mirror cell technology. Yeah. And then they did that, like, what, in, like, 2000, 2000 like... Oh, I mean, 12, uh, 12. 11? Yeah. Yeah, like, like, 11, 12. They did it, like, really on in, like, the yeah, e-reader sort of industry. And I heard that they're releasing a new e-reader in 2024. So oh, it's yeah? just, like, you know, these companies that have been in oh, it 2012 and then, right. yeah. then then out of it for so long they're actually getting back into it because they see that so many new devices are coming out that small regional players can actually sell and market it in one specific country and actually make it economically viable and you know obviously when we live in north america which is like the vast majority of our listeners the people you know traditionally when you look at sort of like the analytics of who visits our site, who watches our videos, the most parts of the U.S., to a lesser extent, Canada, 
lesser extent, the United Kingdom, but it's mainly English-speaking countries, Australia, New Zealand, you know, things like that. But U.S. is like our largest market. So, you know, when I mentioned some of a lot of these companies, you know, you may heard, you may see Amazon being sold at some big box retailers in the States, or if you go to a Barnes & Noble, you'll see like a little nook stand. If yeah. you live in Canada, you know, you go to a Chapters, Chapters Indigo Indigo. bookstore, which is the largest bookstore chain in Canada, you'll see Kobo is being sold in there. So Kyobo is a big bookstore chain in South Korea. And so being able to sell your own e-readers at your own bookstores, it just, it makes perfect sense. And then, you know, that's what HiRead does, like in, in, in um, Taiwan. Taiwan and that's yeah. what Tolino does as part of the Tolino Alliance in Germany. So oh. if you walk into Athalia or that's something right. like that, they have a Tolino stand where you could, you know, buy the e-readers like actually in the bookstores. There's yeah. like a couple other bookstores, but I don't know how to pronounce their names. I'm sorry. Um, I know how they're spelled because I've written about them at all a, a long time, but I'm not a German speaker. I can yeah. oh, speak uh, my new français. <laughs> um, but that's so that's about it and i speak it very poorly so and it's because of the secondary language like in canada right teaching yeah you, and stuff. you look at the back of any product in canada it'll be in french um yeah it's funny that you said kyobo that's right because i completely forgot in the mad dash of everything in december of this month kyobo emailed us and said they're sending us the sam 10 plus which is their Are note yeah yeah they're sending nice. it um the sam 10 plus is going to be sent from south korea and uh, that's a 10 inch or 10.3 i'm not sure uh yeah okay yeah 10 inch and it's a upgrade over the regular sam which is 7.8 so yeah um and to mike's point there's uh there's tons of markets like uh, people keep telling us to review the persian e-reader and the persian e-note from iran it's like we can't get that and they don't answer our questions uh japan has fujitsu booths and rakuten booths and king gym which is a stationary company but they have the freeno and stuff so there's no shortage of regional players and sometimes they step out of that and become an international player uh much like onyx and big me etc but um yeah um, and some don't like they and some they're just quite they're just quite happy to be a small player in a specific country and not expand out. They don't want Whereas it. like some do. Like I remember when Onyx Books was just China yeah. and we t- we convinced them to release English firmware in That's order to right. sell it outside of China because we were yeah. getting like their first e-readers that they had ever made with no touch screens and just buttons yeah. and stuff like that. And we're yeah. like, you know, there's something to this. Like you should release English and, and sell it overseas. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And every yeah, time yeah, they would, yeah, yeah. would send us, like every time they would send us, like, you know, when they were, I believe it was like the Max Carta. Like oh, the no, the no touch screen. Yeah, that's right. And we convinced them to release English firmware. And then ever since then, they become like one of the biggest players in They're the huge. huge space because yeah. they, they, sell things domestically with like in China, but all they do is like have a different sort of firmware for English yeah. for, for that international market. And then now they're doing, they've kind of come full circle where they have, they have released specific models now just for the Chinese market where they get mad if we even like report on it for some reason. And then, I don't know you why. know, 
Yeah, um, we're not affiliated with Onyx. We it's just a professional courtesy that we, if they're like, please don't report on this, we're like, fine. But um, I kind of get we sell, we have a we have a relationship with them, obviously, because we sell their devices and yeah, you know, they give us dealer pricing, which we they you know everything that we sell in our stores we deal with these companies directly to get dealer yeah. pricing to sell them. And right. but we don't sell all the e-readers because like, you know, we receive a lot of samples and a lot of them suck and are yeah. dead and, and they just you know, they go crash <laughs> during like the unboxings. And it's like <laughs> yeah. in good conscience, I can sell oh. this because if people are like, it's just like, yeah, I, we sell a lot but we don't sell everything. We can't, man. When we get the, when we get the Shenzhen power and we open it up and it's just like, it's just trash. We start filming these things and it it, it just, it doesn't even, doesn't even get to the point where like Mike said, the unboxing can't even be fully produced by us. We're just like, we have to scrap this whole day of work because we can't proceed with this. And we just, we donate the, we don't throw anything away. We always say we chuck it in trash, but we don't, we, we donate things. We do giveaways. Uh, We've done hundreds of giveaways. We have a second turn outlet on eBay. We, we make sure we, we always give back to people, but um, yeah, sometimes we get these absolute clunkers and they can't, they can't be brought to the public. Just say, yeah, we can't even sell them on eBay because it's just like eBay users would just like fly us with like negative reviews. Once they get the item yeah forget it's it. like forget what it. are you selling it's like yeah what is this uh, what is this trash I can't... yeah exactly it's like you know when you can't even sell something on ebay or you, you're totally unwilling to associate yeah. your name with like this product on ebay that is garbage product so just yeah donate I mean, to we, a school we receive a lot of stuff that and... we don't even like review like on the goody reader like youtube channel youtube.com slash goody reader or our goody reader tech channel uh youtube.com slash goody reader tech so we release some we do some stuff on the goody reader tech channel that just you know that's small and very niche like items and stuff still e-paper sometimes phones sometimes tablets and things like that but stuff that wouldn't make sense for the goody reader channel so uh, we do have a secondary channel. It's it's very small. We don't yeah. really put a huge priority on it. So, uh, yeah, it's just for the overflow of devices because we get we get so much stuff. It's not even funny. I mean, I, I can just around my desk. There's headphones and and thermometers and hygrometers and uh, label printers and and earbuds. There's book, you know, like what like the book press things that actually would two- like scan books like on industrial oh, scale. Geez, CZUR sent us three in a row and then we reviewed them and we're like it's not very good and they're like you don't know how to use it and we said sure we do we followed your directions to a t it's it's not a very good product what do you want us to do here because they don't pay us for reviews we get everything just sent to us kind of blindly which is why not everything makes the cut and we need to use our journalistic opinion to be like this is either good or bad and we put it out there like everyone was up in arms when we said the Moby Scribe was one of the worst e-readers ever. And they're like, it was. Being, yeah, they're like, you're not being fair to the company by saying it's bad. And I'm like, well, then that would mean we're not truthful in our findings. Because if we just said, okay, guys, it's good. It's like, well, now you can't trust us because we're saying it's good when it's not. No, the Moby Scribe wave color was absolutely awful. And another example of a company and the wave, something like, very like, late. Like a black and white version, same thing. Is the same it was hardware. even worse. Yeah, it was even worse. Yeah. I didn't even, didn't even upload it because it was so bad. I'm not even joking. And uh, yeah, that was just another example of a, co- a company that didn't know what they're doing through a bunch of 
stuff at the wall, hope it stuck, and released Kaleido 2 late in the year. It's just, it wasn't good. And we have to be truthful in our reviews. Otherwise, there's no reason for you guys to watch or consume our content. Yeah. That's so it. there is like, so as you guys know, if you're like a viewer or like you, you read our website or maybe you just watch our videos, you know that we sell readers. You know, yeah. uh, some people like may know that our like our goodyreader.com main site has like a, a, a WooCommerce store, but we also have a few Shopify stores like as well. So we do sell e-readers as well, but selling e-readers is just like a part of our business. Like yep. it's a different team that, that runs the store. Yep. Whereas like Peter primarily responsible for managing the YouTube channel, like on like a, an overview. For yep. me, I'm, I'm more of like, a director at this point. Um, I don't write articles daily anymore. We have like four or five different writers that are writing content for like the team. So I'm overseeing them now on like a daily basis. So I'm more of like, I can follow trends and statistics like a little bit better, get more, talk to people more in like the industry and stuff like that. Like making more contacts, like, you know, this year, 2023, we got TCL like as, as part of like, um, That's right. a vendor now so we deal directly with them we get all of our samples now through them we can sell like their devices and like you know have them a little bit just under or over msrp prices right. just because of just the logistics and everything of it but yeah so just because we sell the devices it doesn't influence our journalistic integrity when it comes to writing a physical review of the device or peter doing like an unboxing or a review of that specific product That's so right. You know, like I said, we don't sell everything that we review and we don't sell. Wait, that is we don't sell everything we review. and We don't review everything we sell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We sell a bunch of stuff we never review because our team is like, well, we're going to sell these. And we're like, all right. And it didn't it's not at a detriment to our brand. So we let. Yeah, a lot of it is it. like like we have reviewed a few styluses, say from King Jim, but we don't oh, yeah. like review all the style you know yeah, they, yeah. they release a few new styluses a year with but you know sometimes when it comes to mitsubishi you know they only have a few so we we don't yeah. you know we've done like the high moon and like their their yeah. normal stylus and you know the don't norris digital you know so uh, yes, we review but... we review almost everything that we sell but there's sometimes like we don't sell everything that we review yeah just because um, not good enough to make the cut it, it's hard yeah. to sometimes to get samples you know um, yeah. from these companies especially like the smaller companies That's you know right. because sometimes like they have e-readers that aren't available in english so we don't really review chinese e-readers for a few reasons like um iFlyTech is a pretty good example like, that's kind of why we have... stopped iFly tech yeah yeah it's like they only have chinese on it and you actually have to have a chinese mainland phone number in order to even like use it so it very limits that that type of device where yeah it's hard for even just like you know there's a lot of um chinese people in vancouver there's a lot of chinese well, people like living all over the world chinese people that yeah. don't live in china i mean that's a lot yeah of so it's like if you you know if you're going to school in a country and it's like oh i want to get this e-reader so i could like you know read all my all my content or my textbooks like in, in full color and it's like oh i don't 
I've been living in China for like four years because I've been going yeah. to school here. Like, right. how do I actually use this? It's like you have to like call your parents or you know your loved ones and get a phone number from them and use it and just like all the verification stuff. So yeah, that's a perfect example of stuff that we don't review because it's like. For one, it's not relevant to like our, the audience that we cultivated over the course right. of like what, fifteen years, sixteen, 16 years, sixteen going on now, man. Yeah, it's been a long yeah. time. So we've been covering e-readers and stuff for like a long time. So yeah, I mean, do you guys I would really like want to see reviews of, of French e-readers that are just in French <laughs> that have no English functionality, or South that, Korean yeah. e-readers that don't have any English? It's like I don't know, yeah. That you know that that the Taiwan company they actually have English firmware on it, so yeah, that's like why we review the devices because it's relevant to everybody who watches yeah. our videos. That you know it has English, you can actually use it. And you know, sure, it only has a couple languages, whereas Bing and Onyx they have Android system languages. Yeah, so that, see that changes like, everything. Like a hundred plus languages plus like regional dialects, like. And stuff like that and you can do uh keyboard languages and you can slide them up in priority because it uses android systems um but yeah like iFlyTech is a huge brand i would love to continue re uh uh reviewing them and they actually ask us do you want any more samples and a lot of the time we're like not really sorry and they're like why not and we're like We've been working with you guys for four years and you haven't put English once. Every time you send us something, I got to ping our guys in China because we have an office in China as well and say, hey, uh, um, Henry, can I get your phone number? And they're like, why? I'm like, I have to send you a one time passcode. Did you get it yet? Did you get it? OK, cool. Just to get in like that's not that's not something we can back. It's not something we can get behind. That's just that's not realistic to do that. And for the one person who says, oh, I can just ask my aunt in China. Sure. But for the ninety nine point nine percent of other people, they don't they don't have that ability. So the right. the units are rendered useless. But uh, yeah, so we've been we've that, been yeah. reviewing and doing videos long enough that we know what people care about and what people yeah, don't care about. We do and yeah. e readers in locked in specific regions that are very fringe and we have nobody to really cares. Like the yeah, videos don't get very many views. They're not getting comments when we write about it. So like, is there any point to it of us reviewing every single device on the market? Probably not, especially when it no. comes to like players that are around one time and then a couple of years later they're out of business. Like, yeah, EG, we, we have to pick and, like when bankrupt, Bokeen, like done. Icarus went bankrupt. Like, there's a lot of e reading companies that are like these like fly by night type of companies. Yeah. They do like a couple and then they're just like out of business. So sometimes we uh, we make exceptions like re inkstone. We knew people would be upset by that one because they basically, well, for lack of a better word, better word, stole a lot of processed payments that they captured that they didn't fulfill. Almost like a hundred million dollars. Uh, th three three million dollars across a couple um platforms across a couple devices, and they realize going back to the start of this uh lot uh this video we're doing, we said that you know there's no competition to e-paper. They ran DES, which is from Weifeng in China, a legitimate screen but illegitimate company. Uh, we we would group. They re-released a re-inkstone R1. It's brand new, 2023. Came out a couple months ago, and it's running e ink not des and people weren't too happy that we came to the races with that but again we're an unbiased news publication and we just said this is what it is it's actually pretty good it's well built but it's from we would group and we linked to our expose video 
of all the data that we we gathered from them. So we're not backing them. We're just saying this is if this pops up on your Amazon.com, you got to be careful and know what you're getting into. But uh, yeah, little things like that we bring up, but um, we can't review everything. It's not it's not physically possible. So one of the last things I wanted to talk about in terms yeah. of like what's the future for 2024. Obviously, Onyx and Big Me are going to refresh everything. Every you know, you can expect, single freaking you can expect thing, 10 man. new devices from each yeah. one. There's yep. no point speculating because they're going to do yep. a Note Air 4. There's no they're reason not do, to. There's yeah, no reason not Tab to. Tab X no. 2. Yep. Uh, you know, basically, they're just going to add another Every one number after whatever that they're going to do. They'll, gonna they'll add releasing. a plus, an error. Or the next number to each one of their units. Yeah, Palma yeah. two. Yep. Like you know, Easy. Leaf five. Like there, you know. I mean, there's no. Point. <laughs> You're like five. But, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. No, yeah, note, that's funny. Like the Note six. At they're this on. Point, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Note. They five. ditched they the Lumi like name now, and they're going with like the Tab Ultra X. now. So it's the Tab, tab Ultra X. Ultra. X. <laughs> They have the Ultra Pro, Ultra C Pro, and they're gonna have the Ultra C Pro, <laughs> Ultra C Pro Plus. Oh man, it's gonna be so, good. Yeah, there's no point speculating what they're gonna do because no. we know what they're gonna do. Oh, They've done this funny. for like years in a row, where it's like every couple months, it's like, hey, we have a new device. Hey, we yeah. have a new device. It's like, oh my god, you released yeah. too much hardware. They did, um, but but we like to review like hardware. We do. Right? We like, poke fun business. at it. Yeah, we yeah, poke exactly fun poke fun at it just because it's like it, it's like clockwork. Like Big Me and Onyx just like refresh everything every year, basically. Yeah. But one company that doesn't re- release a new product every year is Remarkable. Ah, oh, yeah, right. They're right. almost due. They are due. They are uh, due. Remarkable two review. Two thousand twenty. I already know that one. Okay, and yeah, a Remarkable two- one uh 2018 am i right so yeah it's what are they on a three-year product cycle kind of if you average it two and four so the average is three call it yeah 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 they're due so yeah they're in 2024 they're due yeah 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 so um it's right around the corner like to see in a remarkable three i don't know man they don't care about the hardware at all they just don't these companies that have an underachieving product not a not a software solution or user interface an underachieving product in that they have zero features you can't do anything on them like supernode and remarkable they don't care about the device body they never have it doesn't seem that they ever will um will it have a frontlet display finally i i'm gonna have to say it has to it has to that's the bare minimum you don't have to have speakers and microphones and 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 biometric unlocks with your fingertip but you must have a glow light it's not even about like oh look at all our specs no it's about if you turn off the light you can't see it you you can't see it how is that not an inherent thing that everyone knows i'm sorry i don't mean to be demeaning but how do you not have a glow light version why didn't you make the remarkable 2 glow and up the sales keep the experience the same nickel and dime people for features that you've taken away from them and then held hostage until they pay but add a glow variant i it has to have a glow light um, I still don't think they're going to include a stylus. They never do. You have to buy it separate. That's how they keep the price down so that when you click on the ad, you're like, whoa, it's only $2.99. Yeah, plus a $100 stylus. I think it's going to have 
uh, a glow light. I don't think it's going to have a speaker. They don't care about audio. They don't care about audiobooks. They have no integration for that. Um, I would say just, yeah, double the processing speed to keep things up, to keep the latency low and a glow light. Yeah. I mean, maybe a new card screen, like, you know, they do use the ink for like their screens. And yeah. So, I mean, I'd like to see any type of bookstore on their device oh. where like people could actually download books, even if they're like royalty free books from Project yeah. Bloomberg. It's like, they could read EPUB and they could read PDFs. It's like, you know, have a way that people could just like download the books right on the device, even if they're just royalty-free books like Tom Sawyer or something. This way people could like use the remarkable. Only tech savvy people really know how to sideload stuff. You know, not everyone, like I don't think the remarkable works with Caliber. You really have to just like, I don't, I don't think, so. I think, does the remarkable two even have USB-C? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Yeah. It's on the very bottom. Yeah. You, you got me thinking, I was like, wait, that's an early 2020. You're right. No, it does have USB-C. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I believe, you know, I, I just don't know what it'll have. Cause it's like, we talk to a lot of people in the industry. We don't really talk to remarkable very much No, just because it's like, they just do their own thing. They do know? their own thing. They don't care. They're just like, we sold a million units of this device that does nothing because they pump all their money into advertisement not one person can yeah. say they haven't seen a remarkable ad and they are well produced they're not cheap they're not just a 3d like this is the remarkable no it's it's nice like actors beautiful people all the whole nine set pieces office buildings with damn near helicopter yeah and that's shots. the advantage of only selling one product in your one product line product. at any given time that's like yep. you could create a strong marketing like message behind it and you really can. you know drive home what it can do for you as opposed yeah. to what you can do for it yeah so, it's true you and know that's why we see one of companies, the advantages that's why we see companies like supernote that they don't they're just not on the radar anymore because they have multiple products that haven't advanced at all because the first gen and the second gen are the same. The X series didn't do anything new and they have multiple products. They have not a whole lot of direction and they, a lot of ha they have a lot of advertisement pointing at different things. And then when you finally get their unit, there's no, there's no store, there's no ecosystem, there's no glow light. So you're confused as to the experience you were supposed to consume. And they're releasing the Nomad now, but only after years of just being in stasis i mean i think other it's than been like three years a long time years, man the, they used the to be version yeah they used X2 to be in the Nomad. spotlight but they just they haven't done anything they've done some updates and some small solutions things and that's that's really it they're not they released really... a new pen yeah it's like a like quick a stock, in, quick out like it's yeah like a stock supernova pen yeah we'll they still, did that but i mean how we'll excited can we be over that you know what i mean it's like, yeah, yeah exactly in like a three-year <laughs> period it's like oh we released a couple of former updates we and some pens pen. it's like, it's like okay. yeah like yeah that doesn't really make the news cycle i'm sorry it doesn't so, yeah, and we're I not mean, saying you have to be in the planned obsolescence turnover like an onyx but they're not doing anything right now. So we can't. Well, yeah, it. they released the Nomad. They're going to Which do... isn't even out yet. What is that? The Is that the 7.8 or the That's 10? That's the A6 Nomad 7.8. Correct. Yeah, it's not the A5. Okay. Then early 2024, they're going to be doing uh, refresh their 10-inch version. There you go. 
and they're doing for the first time ever a 13.3 inch version. I don't know the date. They say January, but they haven't even even filed like FCC like applications yet. So I have a feeling it'll probably be like April. I hope so. I mean, we want to see everyone in the industry succeed. We even met them uh, October at SeaTac in Tokyo, went to their booth, had absolutely nothing new. So we were like, "Mm." we had the guys with the cameras and stuff and we're like, all right, well, bye. And we went to the Dasung booth. It wasn't out of any sort of bad blood or anything it's just when you have nothing new to offer people and you're showing the same old thing exactly it's like nothing new in like three plus years so and these other companies are just, excited they're they're running circles around you they're running circles around remarkable running circles around supernote it's like you can't we can't just be expected to hey guys this is the remarkable again and it's like why are you doing this video and i'm like i know right so i don't know well, what you want I to mean, do <laughs> remarkable like i would probably say there's more remarkable users than our supernote users oh, by a because, landslide like supernote is like they're based in japan but they're, no, also they're based, based in, in china, china but they have like a, a distribution in japan that that teams up with wacom but they're not a japanese company though they're just chinese all right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're, they're just like a small player that a lot of people haven't heard of before, but everyone's heard of remarkable. Everybody. It's just because like, uh, it's hard not to see their ads. If you're on Facebook, if you're on social media, Twitter, <laughs> now X, yeah. uh, Facebook, Instagram, like Pinterest, it, you'll see their ads everywhere. Yeah. But you know, their, their units well constructed. They have a series of premium accessories in terms of a basic pen, a premium pen. They have like cases that are made of like full, like vegan leather. Yeah. $150 like case that just feels ultra luxurious. And then they have like, you know, $50 cases, you know, made of felt. So they have, they have a lot of accessories, which is like a testament to like a lot of people just will buy everything at once. The device, the pen, the accessories and then just yep. like go and then they have everything that they like need for the next three or four years because remarkable stuff isn't really hardware reliant they have some of the best drawing software in the business that Quite good. everyone else in the e-note industry is emulated from so remarkable had the best they had layers they had like they had like if you've ever used adobe photoshop and all the different photoshop options that you have that's basically what Remarkable had first. And Onyx Books and Figme and Supernote, they all copied what Remarkable was doing with like yeah. the UI and the functionality and being able to import shapes, being able to like have layers. So be able to have one layer. So, so say you're like um, a creative professional. One layer is like the grass, very detailed, very fine. Second layer is like maybe some houses and stuff. So if you delete a layer by, if you delete something by mistake, it's only one layer that you're deleting. You're not That's deleting right. everything that you wrote. So um, a lot of people who are graphics designers, they work with multiple layers at once because they can do something and then they can have like a filter on top of it. And then they can have like another filter on top of that and yeah. edit each filter individually to be able to, create like a logo that has some shine to it. So, you know, when you see everything from like logos to art, they're all working with like layers. And so um, Remarkable is the first company to really introduce layers with the first general Remarkable and everyone copied them in the entire industry. So um, 
remarkable has tremendous like software engineers and yeah. they're always doing firmware updates to enhance the quality of life as well as address bugs introduce new features and things like that so i'm a big fan of the, the way that they, they've run their company i mean they've sold over 1 million tablets as just like a small boutique company only Pretty selling impressive. number one they've sold two products ever two products in ever in terms of devices and then some pens and some cases and tips but uh yeah two two units it's it's not you can't you can't uh you can't argue with numbers yeah exactly so it's like they're yeah. financially successful even though that they raised a lot of venture capital you know they they raised like I think it was like 150 million, 200 million total in yeah. different like equity rounds. So, you know, they don't 100% own their company because they have investors and stuff that are invested yeah. in like their success. But they did that early on in order to produce all these accessories and to do like a second generation remarkable. Now yeah. I think they're in a stable enough final like financial position and they could. I think that there'll be a remarkable three in 2024. I haven't written about anything mm-hmm. like that yet. But I think I probably should, you know, once we finish the show, because it's yeah. like, it's hard to have your hands on the crystal ball and predict what's <laughs> going to happen in the industry. Yeah. But yeah. given that companies, generally, if you look at how long it took for from the first generation to the second generation to be released, you can honestly extrapolate when the third generation will come out. You know, the e-reader industry is pretty cyclical like that, like... Generally, with Kobo devices, it's just, it's generally like they'll refresh it every two to maybe three years in terms of all their devices. They'll yeah. refresh, or maybe one year they'll do like last year. I think, would they do the Ellipsa 2E? Ellipsa 2E, yeah. And Kindle this year was the 16 gig Agave, which is nothing. It's just the paperwhite. And then Barnes and Noble did the, uh, uh, they did two things. They did the plus and they revitalized the pink version. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah that was kind of cool. So that's about it. Yeah, I got nothing else to say. Although, uh, yeah, you guys have been uh, very, very thankful uh, if you've listened this far, if you've watched our content, if you've read our news publication. Thank you guys all so much. You allow us to do what we do and keep giving back and bring you the best experience on e-paper as we possibly can. Yeah, so going in 2024, our mission still tanked. We want you to read. Whether you're reading on your phone, your tablet, your e-reader, uh, anything, you know, or your Dasung link, yeah, we we want people to read. Like, <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, the Dasung link freaking sucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, our our mission oh, is just like we God. want more people to read. Like, we yeah. know that sometimes it's easy to doom scroll Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or yeah. YouTube videos or like whatever, right? People do scroll at all, all hours. And it's yeah. like, you know, we'd like to lead you, you know, read a book, short fiction, fan fiction, yeah, like anything, just anything, Graphic you know, novels, just like something to break it up. Yeah. I mean, reading statistically, like just makes you a better and well-rounded person. Yeah. You're easy. It's easy to carry a conversation. If you're well-read that you can, talk about anything really because it's very you know some people just have a wide array and eclectic taste some people only like one specific genre of 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 reading you know some people just love fanfic they love kindle vela you know short stories they love romance or erotica or 
post-apocalyptic vampire fiction. You know, it's yeah. just like whatever. It's just like read because it's like, yeah, just reading makes you better. Yeah, I it think. does. Good message. So everybody, thanks for uh, watching our videos, listening to our podcast, being a loyal reader, Didn't buying anything from our stores. It's like, you know, we really appreciate you patronizing our business in any capacity. And for goodyreader.com and our last video of 2023, my name is Michael. This is Peter. Everybody take care.